is good, isn't he? Amen. Talk to me now. Isn't he good? Amen. Father, we thank you for your goodness. Even when we're bad, you're good. Even when the world's crazy, you're consistent. We thank you for your goodness, Lord. I pray that you would open up our eyes and ears and hearts to your understanding of your scripture today. I pray that you would move us to action. All of our resistance, all of our excuses, Lord, I pray that you'd squash them today and that we would be called to action. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Good to see you this morning. I have to tell you, beware because I like preaching on Father's Day probably more than Christmas and I just love preaching to men and so... uh, it's a great day for, for me and that I get to challenge our, our men in the church. I love uh, preaching to men. I love uh, encouraging them, telling them how good of a job they're doing as dads. It's important. Uh, you have enough criticism going on around, all around you. You need someone come alongside you and say you're doing a good job. Amen? Amen? Hey, wives, you're meant to be cheerleaders. Amen? Make a pretty cheerleader in your house. All right? <laughs> Make a pretty cheer, cheer them on. They're, they're doing a good job. All right, so uh, we want to point out the fact that Satan has never had to change his strategy because it's always worked. And I remember most, all of my life, I've heard over and over and over again, the first thing Satan did was get Adam and Eve to question his word. And yet one Sunday morning, I'm up here preaching, and it dawned on me while preaching That's not the first thing he did. The first thing that he did was he got the household out of order. God comes to Adam and says, this is what you're to do, Adam. This is what you don't do. And Satan comes to Eve, and now she's calling the shots, and the household is out of order. Because, see, here's Satan's strategy. It's always worked. It's never failed. So he keeps on doing it. He continues to attack the family. We can see it in our world today. I'm one... Maybe you're new here. I'm one who, no matter who the president is, I try and say, let's encourage our children to continue to see that our country is a great country because if you value something, you'll protect it. And I always try and say, uh, we, we have to respect the position even if we don't like the person. But I want to tell you something. What's going on in our White House right now is insane. When they fly a gay fr- pride flag and parading transgender people in, in, the, in, the, in the White House. You're looking at that stuff like, this world has gone crazy. It's Satan's strategy. It, it, the agenda has been for a long time. If we can get people to, to, if we can dismantle the home, the family, then Satan wins. It, it, it's, it's never changed. And do you know that demons don't die? <laughs> Just think about it. The demons don't die, and so they're not born, and they don't die. They're a created being. They're an eternal being. So the very demons that were influencing people in the scriptures that we're going to be reading today, the very demons that were in operation then are still in operation today. So what does that mean? They've just learned a lot more because they are experts in human behavior. And they just adapt and continue to, to operate. And so, uh, But I want to point out that the only reason that Satan's strategy is because it's God's strategy. 
God's strategy is to come alongside the family, to strengthen the family, to build up the family. And because that's God's strategy, Satan is always trying to resist God and trying to undermine everything God's doing. So what does Satan do? Attack the family. He attacks gender. He attacks marriage. He attacks all these things, those things that are are right in the eyes of God. Satan wants to flip it all on his head because he wants to attack the family. Genesis chapter 12. This is where God calls Abraham uh, out of the country he was raised in. He said, I'm going to take you to a new place. I'm going to do a new thing in you. You're going to become a nation. Which was amazing because his wife was barren. Meaning she could not have children. They're old people. And, and, and they can't have children. Yet God, uh, you know, there's nothing impossible with God, right? right. Amen. So, I, I quote this scripture all the time because I'm a, I'm a proponent for Israel. Uh, but God, the, the, the blessing that God blessed Abraham with, it continues today. When God told Abraham, I will make a great nation out of you, and I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse those who curse you. We know this verse of Scripture. But let me point out, in this verse of Scripture, a word that you might not have noticed before. Verse 3 of chapter 12 of Genesis. And I will bless those who bless you, and I will curse him who curses you, and in you all the, what's that next word? Families. All the families of the earth will be blessed. Why? Because God is building his nation one family at a time. And he builds his kingdom a family at a time. And so we have this nation being built family by family. And so the family unit is so super important in the eyes of God. And if it's important to him, it ought to be important to us. Amen. Amen. God talked to me this morning. So here we have family by family. Turn with me to the book of Nehemiah. And in Nehemiah, we see in, in chapter 2, Nehemiah is uh, such a great book. Ezra and Nehemiah go hand in hand. And let me just kind of, if you're new to the Bible, don't be ashamed of that. Just get caught up as quick as you can. And so let me kind of help you understand what Nehemiah, the setting throughout history where this sits in. So the nation of Israel uh, was taken away in captivity by the Babylonians. Now, World powers change and shift and overtake kingdoms, overtake kingdoms. But during the book of Nehemiah, the nation of Israel has been gone into captivity for 70 years. 7-0. 70 years. And now, Nehemiah, the cupbearer of the king, of the captors, has, has now, he said, I've heard news about my city, Jerusalem, and how the walls have been torn down. And I, king, want to go back and, and, and rebuild the walls. And the king, King Cyrus, gives... Uh, him he has his favor on him, gives him his blessing, give, and, and sends Nehemiah. So Nehemiah goes back to Jerusalem, and in chapter 2, he begins to build a, a, a team in which they are going to start building these walls again. Again, the nation of Israel, Jerusalem is its, is its capital. They have been taken into captivity, but now they're on their way back. Amen. Verse 18, and I told them, this is Nehemiah talking to his workforce that he's building up. And I told them of the hand of my God, which which had been good upon me, and also of the king's words that he had spoken to me. So they said, let us rise up and build. Then they set their hands to this good work. Now, dads, I, I do want to encourage you that this position of being a father is work. It's work. But that's okay, men, because you were built for work. Amen? It's work, but that's all right. 
That's okay because that's, that's, that's how God wired you. He wired you for work. But don't let your career get in, get, interfere with this work. Please understand that. Just providing an income to your household is not nearly as high a calling as the calling that he gave you to be a father. It's not nearly as high. And so don't let, don't, activity is a poor substitute for relationship. What your kids need is you. It's what they need is you. And it's a calling of God on your life. And don't let activity uh, uh, just, you know, go on here and there and, if I just get him in every sport, get, him, get her in every sport and hobby and activity. Activity is a poor substitute for relationship. They need you in relationship. And it's work. But it's fun work. It's good work. And it's a work that will pay off in the end. Amen. It'll pay off. So in chapter 3 of Nehemiah, what you're seeing is they get to, building, they get to doing the work of rebuilding their city. And in rebuilding their city, uh, it's interesting... When you think of a city wall, you might think of like a, a, a medieval city and, and they have this wall around it that they can use as a fortress. And, and yes, this is kind of what we're looking at, except the walls of the city are house by house. And so the other side of that wall, there's, there's nothing. The wall that I'm looking at right here on our building, on the other side of that, there's nothing over there. But in the walls of Jerusalem... This would be, uh, uh, there would be a house, 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 house. And so you have a double protection because now you have this, this stabilization of these houses built side by side, one on top of the other. Everybody tracking with me a little bit? You, you need to know that because it's going to make more sense as we continue through the scriptures. If you have your own Bible, Nehemiah chapter 3, what you start to see is he is putting them together in position family by family. And they, they start building the walls up Family beside family. You tracking with me? Everybody with me? You're looking at me like a calf looking at a new gate. You got to give me some kind of a... Thank you. Get after it, preacher. Let's go. Chapter 4. 1. Chapter 4, verse 1. But it so happened when Sanballat heard that we were rebuilding the wall that he was furious and very indignant and mocked the Jews. Now, the enemy of your soul uh, used to be in our country he was uh, just kind of underhanded and undermining and, and kind of kept hidden the enemy's not hidden anymore he has no reason to hide anymore because we fully accept it now this is interesting uh, my friend uh, Apostle Coleman he's at Gates Church this morning preaching I believe he brought something to my attention here a little while back he said and I can't remember if it was uh, 53 or 63. I think it's 53. Uh, not that many years ago, the uh, I Love Lucy show was filming. And as they were filming, the camera panned and, and caught a little bit of the bathroom door. And as they did, they caught the base of the toilet in the camera shot. And the censors shut it down, and they would not allow that episode to be played. And they said, that's too much. That wasn't that long ago, y'all. How we have progressed since showing the base of a toilet was too out there for this country. If, if we progress that much, no, not progress, degress, that much in this amount of time, 
My goodness, what are our grandkids going to deal with? What are our great-grandkids going to deal with? we got to come back together as family upon family and say, we need to bring this family, my family, back to the God that formed us. And we need to come alongside your family, and we need to come alongside their family and, and, and just bring us back to the But the enemy, he, he don't like that, and obviously there's going to be a fight. So I first said, this is work, but it's all right, man, you were made for work. My second point, this is war, but that's all right, man. You were created for war. You were created for war. I, I don't have any doubt that, that we have manly men in our church. We're not pacifists. Somebody comes and attacks your family, you're going to do what you need to do to protect your family, amen? Then why is it we allow the enemy to slip into our kids' cell phones, TV screens, friends? We're not protecting anything that's going into their mind. Why in the world would be? It, it would be ignorance if you didn't know. But if you do, and since we do know, that's stupidity. You might be sitting there saying, did the preacher just call me stupid? <laughs> if you are allowing your kids to look at this thing unchecked, no filter, in their bedroom, yeah, that's stupid. That's stupid. Because the, you got real enemies that want to undermine your family and to destroy your children. And if you are letting them do it, you say, well, you know, let them try and break into my house. You know, they're not having to break in. <laughs> you, you better protect their minds. You better protect their spirit. You better protect their soul. My goodness, man, we, we are called to be protectors of our family. Yeah, it's a war. You were created for war. That's okay. Fight the good fight. Amen. All right, I might get stirred up if I ain't careful, my goodness. Man, y'all back here sold up, preacher called me stupid. Yeah. <laughs> I know y'all are smarter than that. They just live. My boys weren't allowed to take their phone in their bedroom. Uh, you, you're going to get on that device. You're going to do it right here in front of everybody in the family, family room. It's a, good, it's a good rule. And there was a limit on the time that they could spend on it. And we have covenant eyes on our phones. Just be smart. Now that everybody's sold up, <laughs> let's, uh, let's get back to verse 2. And he spoke before his brethren and the army of Samaria and said, What are these feeble Jews doing? Will they fortify themselves? Will they offer sacrifices? Will they complete it in a day? What's going on here is the, the progress is actually taking part so fast. It's happening so fast that they're, they're making fun of them like, what, what, what do they think they're going to do? And they're like, are they going to complete it in a day? Well, they're pretty close. <laughs> it's happening fast. And so they're, they're kind of shocked and they're, they want to hurl insults. Don't be concerned when the enemy hurls insults at you. Be concerned when they don't. I, I'm, I'm the subject of all kinds of criticism. I heard some new ones this week. I'm not alarmed by that. I'm not going to answer that. Here's what I've come to, here's what I've come to conclude. Uh, I, we were coming home from church a couple weeks ago, and, and, and Miss Christie was telling me about this issue, and I'm like, I'm not even going to answer that. I'm not even going to answer that. Here's, here's why. I think that the enemy knows that if he could get me running to every little issue and problem and crises, he would create more issues and problems and crises. Would he not? Keep me busy. 
I'm doing a good work. I cannot come down. I'll get to that verse of scripture in a second. I kind of jumped ahead of myself. But uh, just know that there is going to be criticism. You're going to have family members that, that don't understand you. Why you, you know, you're so strict, you're a helicopter, whatever. No, we're in war. And I have a real enemy is trying to get to my kids. Your kids. Trying to impact their minds. Because if they have their minds, they have them. So just recognize you're in war. But that's all right. You were made for war. It's okay. Men, I know you would fight physically. Will you fight spiritually? Do you know how to fight spiritually? Uh, maybe we need to have some fight training. I like the sound of that. I like the sound. But, man, here's the thing. This enemy that is influencing Sanballat and all of these guys, these names, Tobiah, the, these guys that we're naming here, this enemy, he's still working today. He's just better at it. The demonic influence that was influencing these enemies of God are still operating today. They're just better at it, so you've got to be better at it. You have to understand the authority that you have in Jesus Christ, and in that authority, fight for your families. Do you know how to pray through your house? It's very simple. You walk through your house and take authority. This is God's place for God's people, for God's purposes. You have to pray out loud. They can't read your mind. God can read your mind. He's omniscient. But the devil is a created being, and the demonic is their created beings, and they can't read your mind. You have to take authority with your mouth. You know how to fight for your family. You go through your kid's household, that kid's bedroom, and pray through that bedroom. And be sensitive to what God might show you is in that bedroom. I was praying through a, a, another person's house. They asked me, be careful when you do this. They asked me, would you come clean my house? I said, yeah, I'll come clean your house. And, uh, and, 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 and what that means, I'm not sweeping your floors, <laughs> vacuuming your living room. If you really need that, I'll do that. But, but they meant spiritually. And so I'm praying through this house, and, and something catches my attention uh, on the wall, by the way, it was, it was a, a single mom's home, and I wasn't in there by myself. Make sure that you know this. And I had a couple other guys with me, and we were praying through this house, and 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 I, the Lord highlighted something on the wall. I walked through there and prayed through that bedroom, and again, taking authority. Lord Jesus, thank you that you're the king of this house, yes. and all demonic powers have to flee. Yes. All the influences over my children have to stop. That's how you fight for your family. And so I suddenly I see something, and I'm just like, hmm, that's interesting. I go pray through the bedroom, come back out, and I said, what is that? And now, you need to understand there's knickknacks everywhere. Like you, you ladies understand that, right? It would be wrong if they didn't have knickknacks everywhere. So I said, what's that little box right there? Amongst many boxes. Oh, it's, it's, it's nothing. It was more of a joke than, than anything. I'm like, what is it? It was a voodoo doll. That's got to get out of your house. That's got to get out of your house. I mean, don't, don't think, oh, okay, I'll get rid. No, now, right now, go, get it out, trash, burn it. I don't care what you got to do. It's not a joke. You're in war. It's, it's, nothing, it's nothing innocent about this stuff. But be sensitive to the Holy Spirit. I went too long on that one. Let me keep going. Verse 6, so we built the wall. Nehemiah 4, 6. So we built the wall, and the entire wall was joined together up to half its height, for the people had a mind to work. you got to have a mind to work. It's a good work. It's your calling. Do the work. 
Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, the Arabs, the Ammonites, the Ashdodites heard that the walls of Jerusalem were being restored and that the gaps were being, beginning to close, uh, that they began, became very angry. Let them be mad. I don't care. And all of them conspired together to come and attack Jerusalem and create confusion. It's the enemy's strategy. That's why you got a bunch of kids that are confused about what sex they are. It's the, it's the, it's the enemy's strategy. Brother Jim Everett, my friend in the Metroplex, yes, this is crude, get over it. Here's what he says. Why is it so difficult for us to know what sex we are? Here's his saying. Look down, check your plumbing, look up, see who's coming. I like that. It's not hard. It's hard. But the enemy wants to create confusion. What's a woman? What's marriage? What, what? It's not that confusing. It's not that confusing. Why is it that after 6,000 years of human history, now all of a sudden we don't know what a male is or what a female is or what marriage is supposed to be? Just get back to the book. Just get back to the Word. Amen. I'm not preaching political. I'm preaching biblical. If you get all upset about it, then, then, then you need to get back in the book. Amen. amen. If y'all won't amen me, I'll amen me. Amen? Amen. Good job, Eric. Keep going. Verse 9. <laughs> Nevertheless, we made our prayer to our God. In other words, the enemy got mad, started talking trash on us, created confusion amongst us, but we got to praying. Yes. Amen? Yes. Charles Stanley, great man of God, just recently died. He said, fight your fights on your knees and you'll win them every time. Yes. Amen? He said, we got to praying and, and made our prayer to our God. And because of them, we set a watch against them day and night. You better be watching. You better be watching. Watch who your friends, your kids' friends are. Watch what's influencing their thinking. Watch what's they're watching. You better be watching. It's family by family, family by family. So, then, verse 10, then Judah said, the strength of the laborers is failing and there's so much rubbish. That sounds very British, doesn't it? It's rubbish. It's rubbish. There's so much rubbish that we're not able to build the wall. What does that mean in our language? In American, East Texan, there's trash everywhere. That's what it means. There's so much trash that we're falling over ourselves trying to do the work that God's called us to do. There's so much trash that we can't get it done. Folks, there's so much trash in our world. Sometimes we just need to clean up the trash in our own home, around our own area, so that we can get back to the work God called us to do. Amen? Their strength is failing because of so much rubbish. Well, let's clean up the junk. And let me just let you know, if Satan can't get in front of you and stop you, he will get behind you and push you. He will accelerate your life to the point that you're so busy doing all the junk that you can't do the work that God called you to do. You'll be running to anything, any activity, everything under the sun, every hobby. You'll be doing, and it's junk. Now, some of the little things, use it to bring joy to your life. But when these little joyful things become too much that they're tripping you up, they are junk. Y'all follow me? They should enhance your life. Not crowd out the work that God's called you to do. Verse 13, Therefore I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings, and I set the people according to what? Their families. The work of the Lord has always been family by family. 
That's why Sandspring unashamedly says we're a church for the family. Anything attacks the family, we attack it. Abortion attacks the family, we're against it. Abuse, we're against it. Abandonment, we're against it. Not only do we say we're against it, we have put feet to prayer. We are actively working against it. We put our money where our mouth is. Now, there are four cities in the county of Henderson County that those four cities say it is illegal to have abortion in our city. It's, the, it's in the law now. It's illegal to have abortion in our city. Where did that come from? That come from God giving me a vision for our community and Sand Springs folks getting stirred up and say, we're going to act. We're going to do the work that God's called, to, called us to do. And now there are four cities in Henderson County that say it's illegal to have abortion in our city. Amen. Abortion is an attack on the family. So therefore, we will fight it and you if we need to. So, abortion, abuse. We have ministries that answer the issue of abuse. Family Peace Project is a ministry of Sand Springs Church in which we bring in those gals and their children who have been abused. And we shelter them and we take care of them and we... We nurture them. We give them the word of God. We make sure that when they leave that program, they are whole. Physically, emotionally, financially, and most definitely spiritually. Amen? We don't just talk it. That's cheap. Put our money where our mouth is. We do the work. It's okay. We're built for work. All right? Abandonment. Today is Father's Day. And do you know the most abandoned people in this group? Children abandoned by their father. Abandoned by their father. Sand Springs, we have, uh, we're partnered with a ministry called Fathers in the Field. Maybe you saw that video at the beginning of the service. I, I want to point out what happens now in these in this walls. They said, all right, there's not enough of us. Dads, by the way, there's not enough of us. I hope you're hearing me. Dads, there are not enough of us. Because others have abandoned their post, some of us have to come to that family's rescue. Y'all got quiet on me. The Fathers in the Field is a ministry in which we take fatherless boys. Their dads have abandoned them. They've, they've, they've run. They did whatever. They weren't men. Doesn't take much to make a baby, but it takes a lot to be a man, to be a dad. Making babies is fun for the man. Yeah, uh, this was on Christian television last night. Said, How much credit should a guy get for making a baby? Zero. It was selfish probably. But for being a dad, it, it's a lot of credit. They get a lot of credit. It's work and it's war. That's all right. You were made for work. You were made for war. But there's many who have abandoned their posts. So yes, therefore, men of God, it's time for us, when the alarm is sounded, we need to run to the help of that family. Y'all hear me? Fathers in the Fields is a ministry that take little fatherless boys and they, they, they take men of God and say, we're going to partner the two of you together. And I am one. I was the first mentor father in this church because I feel like you ought to lead by example. And we just finished our first year. Matthew and I went on a river trip and it nearly killed me. But it was awesome. <laughs> Whew, it was awesome. No, it was great. It was absolutely great. Fathers in the Field, it, it says, okay, here's a family in need. Men, would you come over here and, and fill the gap? Yes, it's, it's work. It's all right. You were made for work. Yes, it's war. You were made for war. 
Verse 13, Therefore I positioned men behind the lower parts of the wall at the openings, and I set the people according to their families with their swords, their spears, and their bows. And I looked and arose and said to the nobles, to the leaders, and to the rest of the people, Do not be afraid of them. Remember the Lord great and awesome, and fight for your brethren. Fight for your sons. Fight for your daughters. Fight for your wives. And fight for your families. Amen. And it happened when our enemies heard that it was known to us that God had brought their plot to nothing, that all of us returned to the wall, everyone to his work. In other words, when they brought the fight to us, we brought the fight to them. Now that you resist the devil and he'll flee from you, now that he's fled, it's time to get back to work. But they would sound the alarm. Hey, they're trying to hit us over here. And the men would come with their swords in hand and their weapons, and we're going to fight the enemy. Wherever they bring it to, we bring it to them. And then, once the enemy fled, back to work. Chapter 6. Now it happened when Sanballat, Tobiah, Geshem, the Arab, and the rest of our enemies heard that I had rebuilt the wall and that there were no breaks left in it, though at the time I had not hung the doors and the gates. Then Sanballat and Geshem sent to me, saying, Come let us meet together. Check this out. Come let us meet together among the villages in the plain of Oh No. <laughs> I like that name because the Spirit of God was telling Nehemiah, oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. But they thought to do me harm. So I sent messengers to them saying, I am doing a great work so that I cannot come down. Why should the work cease while I leave it and go down to you? Men, you're doing a great work. Don't come down from it. Don't come down into low living. When you've been given a high calling. Amen. Amen. Don't come, you're doing a good work. Don't come down. Verse 10. Afterward I came to the house of Shemaiah, the son of Deliah, or whatever this name is. The son of Mehetabel, who was a secret informer. And he said, let us meet together in the house of God. That sounds real spiritual. Within the temple. And let us close the doors of the temple, for they're coming to kill you. Indeed, at night they shall come to kill you. And I said, I like verse 11, Nehemiah. I said, should, a, should such a man as I flee? He's like, who do they think they're threatening? <laughs> I'm not running from somebody. <laughs> he said, should such a man as I flee? Can I tell you, man of God, if you have the Spirit of God living within you, then greater is he who is within you than he who is within this world. And why in the world would you flee? Why would you run? Why would you hide? Why would you be afraid? Why would you do this? But it sounds so spiritual. We're going to flee to the churches. We're going to defend the church. No, you're not. The church was never meant to be defended. And you need to hear this. This is good right here. I, if I was me, I'd amen me. The church was always meant to be on the offense. Jesus told Peter that upon the rock of state, this statement, you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. Upon that firm foundation that we just sang about, upon that, the, the, the church would be built and the gates of hell will not prevail against the church. What are gates? Are gates weapons? Gates are never weapons. They are defenses. So Satan is the one that has to defend the gates of hell. 
The, in, the, the enemy is on the defense. It's supposed to be on the defense. And so the church is supposed to be on the offense, charging the gates of hell. Amen. The church is never meant to be defended. And so here's this, this guy, and the same strategy is happening today. Y'all keep your faith in your churches. Don't bring it to your schools. Don't bring your faith to your workplace. Don't bring your faith into the public square. Keep your faith in your church. You were never meant to just keep your faith in your church. Amen. I, I just, I, I'm, I'm boggled by pastors who just, they're just on the defense. They're just trying to maintain what they got. No, if you got on the offense, your church would start growing again. You'd see the power of God moving in the house of God again. And then the people of God would start coming back to your church. I might just get real every now and then. So they said, here, you better hide. Hide in the church. Hide in the church. Verse 12, then I perceived that God did not send him at all, but that he pronounced this prophecy against me because Tobiah and Sanballat had hired him. He was a hired preacher. He was a hired hand. He, he, you see, when, when you have preachers that are just trying to maintain what they have, let's just not lose any more. We, we just can't lose any more. We can't lose any more of our freedoms. No, you were meant to be on the offense. You were meant for war. You were made to do this. It is a fight. You weren't saved to a playground. You were saved to a battleground. And, but but when, when you have these preachers that their mentality is, you know, let's just, let's just get along, go along. Then I'm going to look at them and I'm thinking, they may be more interested in the income than the outcome. See, I counted the cost. I knew what it might cost me to move to the Word of God and in the will of God and change things up. I knew what it cost me. But the cost of not doing it was way higher than the cost of doing it. Amen? It would cost me my sanity. I'm like, no, I must obey the Word of the Lord. Nehemiah said, I ain't going. For this reason he was hired, verse 13, for this reason he was hired that I should be afraid and act that way and sin. When you act in fear, it is sin. It's an open door to Satan. Y'all tracking with me? To fear, when you have heard from God, to allow fear to enter in your heart, you just gave Satan access. Just gave him access. So, um, I, I, in June 8th, I underwent a demonic attack at 3.45 in my bed. It, it was, I did not know if I was going to live because your mind is not functioning the way it's supposed to function. I, I've been under my spiritual attack before, but this one was a big one. My greatest fight was not over the demon that was attacking me. And I thought I was going to be strangled. I know some of this, some of y'all are just like, this is too crazy for me. But that's all right. You just hang in there. It's my testimony. I'll tell if I won't. <laughs> my greatest fight was not over the demon that was attacking. It was over my own mind. Because it was trying to create fear. It was trying to create fear. Because if I would then fear, then it would, be, it would have access to my mind. I had to remind myself of the truth of God's word, that this was not God attacking me. 
God is not the author of fear. Then I, now I knew who was attacking me. And so now I could continue to call on the name of the Lord. Lord, bring me peace. Bring me peace. This attack went on for four hours. It was, it was, it was a challenge. So long that I came here, prayed at this altar, had people pray it over me, and it still had not completely lit up. But it did. And it always does. But your greatest fight is not to fear. Don't you fear. Don't you allow the enemy to, to buffalo you into thinking that, oh, this is illegal to, it's illegal to pray in school. It's illegal to, to speak about Jesus in an elevator. It's not either. It's not, don't you fear for a second. And then if you do get in trouble, just know that you have a pastor in a church that will come to your aid. Amen. We'll fight alongside you because there's no reason to fear. Why? Because, let me find it. Verse 14, my God, remember. Oh, let me, let me go back. I'm going to read 13, and then I'm going to read 14, and I'm going to shut up. For this reason, he was hired that I should be afraid and act that way and sin, that they might have cause for an evil report that they might reproach me. Verse 14, my God, he's praying. My God, remember Tobiah and Sanballat according to these their works. And the prophetess Noadiah and the rest of the prophets who would have made me afraid. What is he saying? He's telling Jesus on them. <laughs> this, is how I, this is how I operate. You do me wrong, I may not come back at you. I hope I don't. But I will tell Jesus on you. <laughs> Lord, you see what they did to your baby boy? I'm going to tell Jesus on you. Uh, a great response to an attack from this world. Just tell it to the Lord. Amen. Just tell it to the Lord. And leave it with Him. Uh, yeah, I got to get going. My goodness, I could preach all day on this. So the wall was finished on the 25th day of Elul in 52 days. 52 days the city of Jerusalem was rebuilt. And it happened when all our enemies heard of it that, and all the nations around us saw these things that they were very disheartened in their own eyes. What? The ones who were trying to make me afraid are now afraid of me. <laughs> Amen. The ones, I, I, several years ago during the course of a summer, Sand Springs, we were a small church at the time, Sand Springs prayed through on every city street within the city limits. Every city street. The worst street in the city, and some of you are starting to name names right now, don't do it. The worst street in our city, my team went on that street. And at the end of the street, there's an apartment complex, people out there doing drugs and all kinds of crazy stuff. And, and when we all gathered, you know, when we walked up in there, people were looking like, what are these crazy folks doing? We circled up, and there were people all outside their apartments looking, one, you know, out there barbecuing, this, that, and other. And we gathered up and started praying. When I said amen and we looked up, wasn't nobody to be found. <laughs> <laughs> why would we be afraid of them they're afraid of us <laughs> well nobody to be found and this is what happened here when the enemy realizes they couldn't stop the work of god let's look what they said that they were very disheartened in their own eyes for they perceived that this work was done by our god amen men why do we do it we love our kids but more than the love that we have our, for our kids, 
We love Christ. And if your love for Christ is so passionate, you are so sold out on Jesus, your kids will see that. And your faith will make a good handoff. It will transition. If it's just church and religion to you and you're doing it because you ought to, I'm sorry, but it's not very convincing to your children. And they probably will not pick up on your faith. But if you are in love with the Lord, and it is obvious to your kids that, that He comes first. He comes first. He should come before. If you love your kids more than you love the Lord, then you'll pick ball games over church. You'll pick every kind of hobby and activity. You'll put church off. You'll put the time with the Lord off. You'll put them before Him. And I'm going to tell you, it's going to crash and burn. I've seen it over and over and over again. Families that, that maybe their kid is good at a particular thing. Oh, I got the next professional here. Probably not. Probably not. Love your kid. I'm sure they're awesome. But they're probably not going to be a professional athlete, rodeo hand. They're probably not. But what I have seen is families crash and burn because they put that idol before their God. So love Christ first. Love your kids second. And we do it for Christ. We do it for our kids. We do it for our country. This is the only hope that this country has. It's families coming back to the truth of God's word. Family by family. Family by family. Amen? Amen. I got to shut up. Y'all come on, praise team. The last verse in the Old Testament as they were preparing for the coming of the Christ, the Messiah. The last verse of the Old Testament. You can look it up. It's Malachi chapter 4. The last verse of the Old Testament. It says this is what the, the Christ is going to do. He's going to turn the hearts of the fathers back to their children. And the hearts of the children back to their fathers. When you see the Holy Spirit break out in the book of Acts. And people are asking, what must we do? They said, repent. In other words, get saved. Get baptized. You and your whole family. Again, family by family. You'll see the word family used in Acts over and over again. This is a church for the family. And I am a part of the family of God. In every way that you can be a part of a family. You know how you can be a part of a family? You can be born into it. I've been born again. Amen? You can be adopted into it. The book of Romans says I've been adopted into the family of God. And you can be married into it. And we, the church, is the bride of Christ. Amen. Isn't that cool? Lord Jesus, thank you that you didn't turn around and leave when you were rejected. You came to your own. Your own received you not. But to as many as received you, you gave them the right to be called children of God. John chapter 1. Thank you that you came to me. And all who call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. In Jesus' name, amen.